El Salvador is launching a Bitcoin bond, old school web company is betting on Algorand and what is happening on the Polkadot ecosystem, this and more in the crypto market talk this week. In this week's episode, we will talk about Bitcoin, some important developments in world politics as well. And we will talk about Ethereum as well as Ethereum Classic because there has been an interesting discussion that we will dive into. We will quickly look at Cardano as well as Algorand, but we will also discuss the important developments in the Polkadot ecosystem. Let's get started mainly with Bitcoin, of course. And here Mike Novogratz is saying that he's betting on the Bitcoin price to reach 500,000 US dollars in five years. He's saying that Bitcoin and other cryptos will not be used by Russia, for example, to evade sanctions in any way, but they will become kind of a staple when it comes to helping, donating, etc. And we will quickly look at the situation in the Ukraine as well. And he's saying that Bitcoin is just the king of cryptocurrencies and it is here to stay. He is, of course, also talking to a lot of institutional investors through his Galaxy Digital Fund and Bank. Now, quite interestingly, we have this here. There has been a class action suit against the crypto exchange Coinbase in the US. Three people have launched this class action suit and mainly are discussing 79 cryptocurrencies being set as so-called securities because they failed the Howey test. Now, important cryptocurrencies are included here, such as Aave, for example. Also, Algorand is part of the game. We have seen Cosmos here as well. Polkadot is mentioned as well. So 79 cryptocurrencies could be labeled as securities. And this, of course, would bring major volatility into the market. I do think they won't be successful, though, because I think uh, the Howey test is not really applicable in this case and I do think that Coinbase will have a lot of lawyers to kind of defend that situation because obviously removing 79 cryptocurrencies from your let's say basket of cryptos in the crypto product space is of course a major uh, problem for Coinbase as well so I would guess that they will find some kind of solution there and I've mentioned the discussion of cryptocurrencies in geopolitical regions such as the Ukraine here the article from Al Jazeera is talking about this idea that uh, cryptocurrencies are here to stay mainly because they also open a very interesting demographic when it comes to donations. Now, the art article is making the argument that uh, especially young people are making donations and would have not made any donations if it weren't for cryptocurrencies. Now, there are about 100 million US dollars equivalent of cryptocurrencies being currently donated to the Ukraine and the Ukrainian state is, of course, using that to uh, for the state, for the troops, etc. So there, of course, is the big question, what will Russia do? Will Russia evade sanctions using cryptocurrencies or will they not have the options to do that? And of course, this was also the discussion that Mike Novogratz was having with Bloomberg in this interview, saying that there is no way that Russia could evade sanctions using cryptocurrencies. 
Now, talking about something else, but still a major story in my opinion, is of course the crypto bond, or let's call it the volcano bond from El Salvador. So El Salvador is giving out a government-issued bond, uh, saying that they will pay out a coupon of 6.5% and a so-called Bitcoin dividend of 50% of the gain in the price of the cryptocurrency after five years. Now, this is actually a very, very lucrative product for a lot of people and El Salvador is not just using that money to kind of spend it on state affairs they are using that money to fund the so-called Bitcoin city the idea is that they will kind of create this Bitcoin city and attract new investors new companies into the country and allow people to set up shop in El Salvador now interestingly it will also feature mining products, so Bitcoin mining powered by geothermal energy from a nearby volcano. That's why it's called the Volcano Bond. Quite an interesting product, especially if you want to indirectly invest into let's say on one side El Salvador, but also on the other side onto crypto. Now, speaking of about mining, I think this article is also super interesting from Bloomberg, talking about margins of up to 90% give energy firms that mine Bitcoin and Edge. Now, interestingly, here is a list of all the mining companies that play kind of a major role in the US. And they are saying, or Bloomberg is saying in this case, that especially the companies that control their own energy have a bit more flexibility when it comes to their margin, obviously. Um, although we can see here that the biggest companies such as CypherWrite and Core Scientific still have additional capacity in 2022 in megawatts. And we can see here that the energy companies that have kind of shifted from producing just energy to kind of Bitcoin mining also generate quite a lot of additional capacity. Now, of course, they are a bit more flexible when it comes to pricing, when it comes to margins. But at the same time, the geopolitical issues do become a bit more critical. So, of course, in the US terrain, you can control maybe the energy price a bit better. But as soon as, and I think Riot has set up shop in Kazakhstan, as soon as geopolitical issues arise there in other countries, there is not a lot of thing, things they can do against that price increase in energy prices. Speaking about Riot Blockchain, the mining company in the US, they are seeing 2022 as a year of consolidation in the Bitcoin mining sector, saying that a lot of mining companies might actually have to kind of stop mining and even sell. And we have seen some numbers actually show into that direction because there was a difficulty uh, adjustment from the Bitcoin mining uh, algorithm saying that 0.35% adjustment to the lower side has been made when it comes to difficulty. Now the Bitcoin difficulty is adjusting automatically depending on the demand on the network. So as soon as it's higher or lower, the uh, kind of difficulty will adjust by itself. Also, interestingly, they have reported revenues of around 213 million US dollars in 2021, which is up 1,665% from 2020. 
Also interesting that they had a net loss of 12.7 million in 2020, but only 7.9 million in 2021. Now, the big question is, will they become profitable in 2022 or what is the idea there? In my opinion, it will be very, very difficult, mainly due to the higher energy prices, which of course will make it much more difficult for them to become profitable. Now, what does that mean for the Bitcoin price in general? Again, I don't even want to draw a new kind of pattern here because I still think this Fibonacci sequence that I've drawn a couple of weeks ago plays very, very nicely. This range of around 37.3 and 44.2 is still holding up really, really nicely. If you want to be a bit more, let's say, conservative or pessimistic, you can probably uh, make a bet at around 32.9 or even a bit lower if you want to go very, very kind of dramatic and apocalyptic about 28.6 thousand um, would be the right amount of pricing action for me here but I do think that this kind of range is still very tradable I'm not sure for how long because we've already broken a bit of over a month for this range to trade and in my opinion this range will actually break pretty soon the question is will it break towards the outside uh, upside or the downside in my opinion there is very little kind of positive stuff coming out that could really make Bitcoin reach higher highs. So for me, I'm still a bit more hesitant when it comes to the Bitcoin price. Now let's talk about Ethereum, of course, and we will have to mention this article from Time magazine. Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, has been featured in a cover story here saying the prince of crypto has concerns. Ethereum creator Vitalik Buterin fights to fix the world he created. And the Time article is really diving into the motivation and the idea and ideology from uh, Vitalik Buterin, really kind of explaining his idea of Ethereum and what he wanted to create originally, what it has become and how he plans to kind of bring it back to that original idea. Because of course in the article there are also discussions about kind of ecological factors such as proof of work generating a lot of energy or, or using a lot of energy uh, rather and, and, and that Ethereum and especially Vitalik Putin wants to get away from that and wants to move towards proof of stake. Now talking about proof of stake or rather let's let's wait for a couple of more seconds because I want to quickly show you this chart here because I do think this is actually the most important Ethereum chart for this week. We're looking at the balance on exchanges for the Ethereum balances and what we can see here that it has reached kind of a new low compared to about August in 2018. So it was always higher for the last uh, four years almost than right now and I do think think that this could actually be a very interesting indicator for the price because as we've seen here for example in January 17 up until kind of January 18 the uh, balance on exchanges has gone way way lower than uh, originally and the price has gone up and up and up and the question here is is that kind of a similar uh, development that we're seeing right now or will it maybe consolidate for a few months before actually kind of going down again or going up? In my opinion, this is actually a super, super bullish sign in general for Ethereum, considering that the merge is happening this year as well. So a lot of people are banking on the fact that Ethereum could reach newer highs when it comes to price because they want to move away from proof of work and move 
to proof of stake. Before we jump into another kind of proof of work blockchain, let's have a look quickly at the Ethereum chart. What we can see here is again the pattern or let's say the range rather is trading really nicely. So 1,798 and 3,359 US dollars is still the range. You could of course draw this much, much tighter uh, very similarly as I did with the Bitcoin chart with the Fibonacci sequence. But I do think that this is a way higher range that is tradable, still kind of calculating the potential downside as well, in my opinion, because I do think that if Bitcoin, for example, breaks 32.9, this could still become in place. So around 1,700 or 1,800 would be kind of the bottom for Ethereum for now. Now, before jumping into other products, we can also quickly discuss Ethereum Classic because Ethereum Classic has had a very interesting run in the last couple of days. And the big question is why, of course. And in the case of Ethereum Classic, the idea is people will still believe in proof of work and kind of not move with Ethereum to proof of stake, especially the miners, because they have invested a lot of money into their equipment to mine Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies, but especially Ethereum. So they are very specialized in Ethereum and proof of work uh, consensus algorithm. And that in turn means that they will probably bank on when this merge happens. So when Ethereum moves from proof of work to proof of stake, that a lot of people will stay stay within the Ethereum Classic ecosystem or maybe even move away towards the Ethereum Classic ecosystem and that gain is coming from there. We have seen something similar happen actually in the summer of 2021 where this EIP 1559 change came from Ethereum. A lot of people banked on the idea that actually the change would not come through and a lot of miner would switch to Ethereum Classic. So that is why the, the kind of price gain here was uh, experienced. Now, very interestingly, since then, Ethereum Classic was not really a good trade and we have seen kind of this downside. Compare this to Ethereum, the Ethereum chart, which has had very uh, a crazy run since the summer. So since the summer low of around 1,794, we've reached almost 5K here in price and compared that to Ethereum Classic and it has been nowhere comparable from the lows of the summer. So it could be an interesting trade and could be an interesting range here if you want to kind of keep being bullish on Ethereum Classic. You could trade this up until 50 US dollars. I've drawn the range here. So a very interesting barrier here. If this should break, you can actually take the trade up until 50 US dollars. This would be my opinion if you want to trade Ethereum Classic. Let's quickly discuss an interesting product from Cardano or rather from CoinShares and 21Shares because they have just launched this Cardano ETP and this is a staked variant. And you can actually find this on Swiss code as well on the CSDA, which you can see here. It's the physical staked Cardano, especially interesting for you if you want to indirectly invest into a product such as Cardano. Now let's talk about an old school web company and an old school file sharing company. LimeWire back in the day in the beginning of 2000s was one of the most important and used uh, web products when it comes to file sharing. So a lot of MP3 file sharing was happening on LimeWire. Since then, of course, a lot of the music labels and so on have um, kind of made sure that these platforms cannot um, kind of continue to live. So a lot of them were shut down. Then Spotify and iTunes and all of these new products happened. And since then, nobody is using file sharing more actively 
recently and everybody is using options such as Spotify. Now LimeWire is, is kind of trying to come back and they are saying they want to bring back digital collectibles to everybody. So everyone was expecting them to launch NFTs or NFT variants. And they have even created a wait list where more than 250,000 people have added their email list just in a couple of short days. And then the most interesting news broke. It looks like LimeWire will partner with Algorand, mainly because they're saying Algorand is carbon negative since 2021. They're saying Algorand is scalable, fast and secure, and that makes it perfect for NFTs. So it looks like LimeWire will launch NFTs and will launch it with Algorand together also in order to mint free NFTs. And this will become quite interesting. Will they launch mainly music NFTs? Will they focus on something else? That still remains to be seen. Now, looking at the Algorand chart, of course, I have to kind of zoom in here and we can see that the news have been positive for Algorand as well. Now, if we zoom out though, we can still see that the around 67 cent barrier here is still quite in play. So very similar to the Cardano trade, this is still in play with 67 cent and I do think that this bottom is holding up really nicely. So if you are bullish on NFTs, on LimeWire and on Algorand, this could be quite an interesting trade for you. Now let's also discuss uh, Polkadot and especially the Polkadot ecosystem. Because Parallel Finance, one of the winners of the parachain auctions, is launching a DeFi super app with uh, Parallel Finance. The idea is, of course, to become not only a lending protocol, but to become the one-stop shop when it comes to DeFi. Parallel Finance currently already has 500 million US dollars in TVL, so in total value locked. And like I said, their ultimate goal is not to just become a lending protocol, but be a bridge, a wallet, just a general flagship product when it comes to DeFi on Polkadot. Whether they will be able to do that remains to be seen, but it is important to note that they have around 60 to 70 people actively working on parallel finance, more or less 24 seven. So I do think other platforms are kind of uh, in an interesting situation because they will have to make a move to compete with parallel finance. One of those alternative platforms is Moonwell with their Moonbeam product on both Kusama and Polkadot with their uh, other parachains as well because they were the other winners of the parachain auctions, they are also in a very interesting position to kind of really get this DeFi space rolling. And they are, however, more focused on over-collateralized loans. So very similar to Aave, to Compound, to Maker, for example, which you can, by the way, also trade on a Swiss code. They are more focused on this over-collateralized loan business, which compared to kind of the Ethereum space in uh, Polkadot is still very, very small. So it's basically non-existent and Moonbeam and Moonwell is trying to kind of really gather some interesting eyeballs here and some interesting DeFi trades. Now, talking about parachains, we can also talk about Engine because Engine is kind of a gaming or NFT focused project uh, from Korea. And here, very interesting is that they are also launching a Polkadot parachain mostly focused on NFTs and gaming. They're calling it Efinity, the parachain, and the Efinity parachain has the goal to kind of bring the over 100 blockchains 
blockchain-based games and applications to kind of Polkadot. And as you know, kind of to give you the context, Polkadot is a layer zero blockchain, meaning there is very little functionality on Polkadot itself, but you can build on top of it using these parachains and using these different features. So a lot of people are banking on Polkadot becoming this kind of number one chain in total. Now, what we can see here is that kind of the general uh, interest for Polkadot has died down a little bit since this kind of major parachain auction. But I do think that the trend could come back if platforms such as Moonbeam, such as Parallel Finance and such as Infinity can actually bring people back to the Polkadot ecosystem. So this is more of a risky trade. And if you want to kind of get a lower entry, you can probably get in at around 11 US dollars or at around 15 US dollars. But Otherwise, this could be an interesting trade for especially if you have a longer term uh, horizon or investment horizon, because I do think Polkadot has some tricks up its sleeves. The question is, will they be able to deliver? That was it from the crypto market talk this week. Make sure to subscribe to this channel, not to miss any other crypto news, and I will see you on the next one. Take care.